This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni for another and phenomenal discussion. A phenomenal discussion, yes. And, and oh, we yeah. actually, we got an inquiry through Facebook about somebody with a situation to bring up. So I will, Carol, let you synopsize. Yeah, it was about someone going through a period of grief and they were asking for prayer to be able to find joy in the healing through this journey of grief that they're going through. Did I get it? Yeah. Partner partner of 40 years passed away at the beginning of the summer. And like, now what? And first of all, to just to jump in and say, oh, it's all good. It's love unfolding. One door closes, another one opens. It's that is that's cheating. That is there's a term for it. Actually, it's a spiritual bypass. It's not being there in the grief and the messiness of the situation and the circumstance and not acknowledging the feelings and the emotions and the circumstance that we have. I mean, you know, here's a partner of 40 years gone. Okay, well, that was, you know, I'm going to say that's a good thing, you know, with a good long run. And even the aspects of it that may not have been enjoyable along the way, that was familiar. That was chosen life and lifestyle. And to start off by saying, oh, well, let's turn to spirit right away. It's like, yeah, we can do that. And let's acknowledge the circumstance. Exactly. It's a little messy in here now. It is. And there was a quote at the end of that request. And you don't have to say who the quote was by if you don't want to. But I want to say something about that quote. So could you just read the quote? I will go find the quote again. (laughs) Yes, the quote was, stand by. The universe is abundant and always provides exactly what we need. And remember, joy is evidence of the presence of God. So when I read that, I thought of what you just said. Mm -hmm. You can't just say, just throw the universe or spirit or God, whatever you call it, and say that, you know, you seek joy and then that's fine. Listen, grief is a horrible thing. It's a horrible, horrible experience. And nobody would ever choose to go through it. We do in our lifetime because it's part of life. We lose people. We lose opportunities. We lose. Whenever we lose, we go through grief. And I believe you just say, okay, look, this is some real S right here. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And it really is. And, you know, I think often of Psalm 23 because it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The valley of the shadow of death is there. It's a valley. It's not created just because you're, it's there, right? It's just part of the life landscape. It doesn't happen just before you got there. And so we go through it and it says, fear no evil for thou art with me. And you can interpret that however you want, but it's 
I'm going through it and it's something that I have to do. And through means there's an end to it, you know, and I'm sharing with you what I've shared with other people. And then you fill in all the deep spiritual stuff. (laughs) 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 But for me, it's like when you go through something, there is an end to it. So the joy, if there's any, or the consolation, if there's any little teeny bit, is that there will be an end to this. And God is with us now. Let's see what's next, you know, Mm -hmm. as we go through it, but not to deny it and say there's going to be a carnival in the middle of it or some funky good time that's going to help us get. This is a valley of the shadow of death. Like it doesn't get much darker than that. We got to go through, you know, and all of us have. Some of us are there right now. I think that's the consolation that you're not in it alone. Yeah. And there's an understanding that there is something bigger that's going on. A lot of times I talk about it as being the second act in a three-act drama. You know, the first act, you meet the people and you find out what the situation is in the second act. And there, here comes the bad guys that are going to take everything away and kill everybody and, and ruin stuff. And then in the third act, you have the resolution where the good guys win and the bad guys, you know, the Death Star blows up and there's much cheering and hugging and jubilation. And you can't have the third act without having the second act. And that doesn't make the second act suck any less when we're going through it. And I love the 23rd Psalm. And usually people hear that passage and they think that we're talking about death. Oh, that's about death. It's big, scary, dark death, whatever. And it's not. It's not the valley of death. It's the valley of the shadow of death. So there's death around and it is obstructing the light somehow. And when death is around, we are in the shadows. And as you put it, we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And the second word, actually, the first word is yay. (laughs) The second word is though, which means everything that comes after that is qualified, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So even when I'm doing that, there's something else going on. Even when I'm dealing with that stuff, there's something else going on. There's a bigger picture that's at hand. And the worst thing we can do is have somebody who's walked through the valley of shadow of death and explain to them how great the party's going to be when they get out of the shadow. It's like, there might be a party, but you're going to piss them off. The best thing you can do is piss them off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> when a person is hurting, they don't want to hear you tell them how the hurt is for their good and the hurt really isn't all that bad and the hurt is here to whatever. Listen, you're hurting right now. And if I've hurt that way, I could say that I've been there too or not. I can say I can't imagine how much this must hurt, but everything changes and we'll hang in here, you know, together through this until things change, you know, because nothing lasts always, but it could last a long time and that's okay. Yeah. I had somebody who's been a member of the New Thought Philly congregation for a while call me up on Friday, very upset because... She'd just been fired from her job. And, you know, at age 50-something, that's the first time that ever happened to her. Mm. And I I thought, well, I have a lot of experience with that. (laughs) 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 I've been fired from bad jobs and from good jobs. And didn't dismiss it and didn't jump down into the pit of despair along with her saying, oh, my God, this is the worst thing that could possibly ever happen. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, God. You know, just started talking about what my experience was and the perspective that I could shed on the experience that she was going through. So, yeah, it sucks. 
Mm-hmm. You know, to have somebody take your livelihood and say that the value that you've bring, been bringing to the workplace is inadequate, mm-hmm. you know. And then we got a little further into the conversation, and she acknowledged that she'd really been struggling because it was a lot of work in order to bring her work ethic to this workplace because they were a lot more shoot from the hip than she was used to. She was used to being incredibly well-prepared and being ready to do the follow-through, and they weren't doing that. So she was working, you know, 12, 14 hours a day to be prepared for, to do the job to her level of satisfaction. And it was making her crazy. And it turns out it was making them crazy too, because there's like, she's expecting that it's going to be, you know, corporate button down environment. And they're saying, no, this is more like a Cub Scout pack. (laughs) Were you talking to me the other day? (laughs) No, I was not talking to you. That sounds exactly like my life part of it anyway. Yeah. And so what we got to was, you know, somewhere along the line, the person who was her supervisor said, you know, there just wasn't a fit. And this was the same person who upon hiring her thought there was an excellent fit, really liked the possibility of bringing what she had into the organization. And then she acknowledged, well, she didn't feel like she fit there because she was doing all the struggling that she'd been doing. And so we got, what we got to was, what are the chances that you would have just gone and quit because there was no fit? You would have undoubtedly felt obligated to your family because it took a while to find that job. No, I'm not going to put us in a financial risk of not finding another job. So I'm going to, I said, you would have kept at it. She says, yeah. I said, so it was a gift because they did for you what you weren't willing to do for yourself. And now you are free to do something different. I was like, oh, well, yeah, didn't really think about it that way. (laughs) Okay. And it's still okay to deal with the numbness and the shock. I remember the first time that I got fired, it was an awful job. Thank God I got fired from that job. It was in the 70s, and the guy who fired me was wearing one of those lime green polyester leisure suits with the highlight stitching on the lapel, and he had a toupee and with a bad comb over in the toupee. And it's like, get me the hell out of here. (laughs) (laughs) But I wouldn't have quit because that wasn't who I was. So even while that was going on, it's like, I can't believe this is happening. And thank God this is happening. (laughs) Trying to figure it out, you know, is a real weight, a strain and a struggle. Because when you feel that, you know, that bang, you know, whatever it is, the firing or whatever, the loss, it's like that moment of suffering. And you have a moment to decide, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to navigate through this? And I take the easy way now, you know. I said, okay, look, spirit, what is going on here, right? (laughs) What is that? And I have no problem with saying this is not what we discussed. (laughs) (laughs) This is just totally messed up. So you got the floor, start talking. And then I sit. Mm -hmm. And to me, sitting is also, aside from sitting in my meditation chair, it's also just being quiet and reserved going about my daily life and don't think I got this down perfectly, but I do have it down a little bit. In the quietness and the stillness of our mind, whether we're still in our chair or not, I think spirit speaks and gives you direction, you know, one step at Mm -hmm. a time, maybe. The first step might just be to chill and say like, this is not the end of the world, Mm -hmm. okay? And there is God, there is spirit, there is something else. You know, which, yeah, it, it's a big trust thing that we got to go into faith and all that business. But I think that's the first thing because I am an ex-recovering control freak. Is that the right? 
you can, you can aspirationally be an ex-control freak. I think a recovering control freak puts it right now. There's always the possibility that you're going to jump back into it. I try hard not to. So what am I now, recovering? Or you're a I'm recovering like... card-carrying control freak. Okay, that's where I am. <laughs> so I always <laughs> say, okay, you make sure you don't slip back into that part of your life. Right. So I may not mm -hmm. have it all clear and down pat, but don't slip back into that. So if you're not that, what are you? And it's still, it's like, I'm not God. You know, I'm not spirit. So just see where this is going next. Mm -hmm. Even though I always have a good idea now, don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. Maybe several competing good ideas. Absolutely. They get to duke them out in the privacy of your own mind. Let's take a break. And then I want to discuss the invitation. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light Dot com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioli. And I said we were going to talk about the invitation. And the invitation is actually written by Araya Mountain Dreamer. And it started out as a poem and then it turned into an entire book. And I love it because, and she's a Lakota medicine woman or shaman, because there are different stanzas in there where she's bringing context. It doesn't interest me if the story you're telling me is true. I want to know if you can disappoint another to be true to yourself. If you can bear the accusation of betrayal and not betray your own soul. If you can be faithless and therefore trustworthy. And my favorite is, it doesn't interest me to know where you live or how much money you have. I want to know if you can get up after a night of grief and despair, weary and bruised to the bone, and do what needs to be done to feed the children. And the point there for me is that it's who we are in the moment, in the activity. It's not the status or the circumstance or the situations. It's when I'm in what I'm in now, can I still be true to who I am? And take that next step. And you know, the same thing happens. 40 years together with a life partner, and then suddenly that person is gone. Well, yeah, there's gonna be some changes. <laughs> there's gonna be some different stuff going on, gonna be rearranging an entire lifestyle, which had grown, you know, quite comfortable over the course of 40 years. And to put a label on it and say, it's bad, it's horrible, it's the worst thing that could ever possibly happen is to shortchange the possibility of experience and to say, oh, well, look, it's a new opportunity. I need to be happy about this because look, there's something wonderful that could be happening. It's too soon. So there's a middle ground 
you know, to wake up weary and bruised to the bone and still do what needs to be done to feed the children, to take the next step and take the next step and take the next step. And we, we've often enough heard about the stories of, you know, another relationship later in life or discovering a passion or a creativity or something else after some devastating experience. So it's possible. It's possible. Don't jump to saying, oh, well, I got to look for that right now too quickly. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. You know, if you feel like dating, date. Don't feel like dating, don't. Feel like you're not ready, you're not ready. Feel like you're concerned that people will tell you that it's too soon or that you shouldn't or you should still be wearing black or any other way that they should on you. Don't take that either. Don't take that either. It is, it's about being aware of who we are and being willing to walk through the valley and be okay with it and not to linger there. You know, don't look for a campsite or a place to build a home in the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> get get yeah. yourself, yeah. Yeah. get yourself onto some more comfortable terrain and don't lock yourself in there, but it's a process. It is a process and we get to trust the process. Sometimes when you're going through this kind of experience, valley experience, shadow death experience, you feel like you're by yourself and it's the worst thing that ever happened and it's never happened. I mean, just a myriad of things go on in your mind. What did I do to deserve this? Blah, 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 you know? And I've heard a lot over my time as a pastor and those are real feelings. They're not true but they're real. When I say they're not true, there's, you don't deserve it. It's not something that's happening to you because it's life, you know? And I always offer myself as one that will walk with you through this experience. I don't know how much that hurts. I can't know. Right. You know, but I can walk with you. And I always see my role as walking with you is to keep you moving, even though we may move slowly, we'll move slowly but we won't stop. You know, if for a minute you need to take a breath, we'll do that. But the whole idea is to take the next step when you're ready. You know, I'll be your energy for a little bit. And I promise yeah. yours will come back. Yeah, we'll walk along together for a little while. Yeah, and you'll let me know. I'll know and you'll know when you're able to do it on your own. Yeah, and that whole concept of, you know, what did you do to deserve this? Well, yeah. you outlived him. <laughs> yeah, That's it. And if the shoe were on the other foot, what would he have done to deserve that? You know, and would you be to blame <laughs> for leaving him alone after 40 years? It's like, we get to let go of that because it happened. There's no blame. There's no, that somebody deserves bad things to happen to them. We deserve things to happen to us. That's the way that the universe works. There's a continuous unfolding and something happens and we can label it good or bad and something else happens and we can label it bad or good and something else happens and we can not notice that it happened at all because we're not paying attention or we're, <laughs> we're wallowing in the one that we labeled bad or you know, delighting in the one that we've claimed as our good and stuff keeps happening. And there's always an opportunity for more stuff to be happening. It's things are, life is happening all around us, all around us. and. I'm not sure that I can take the word deserve, you know, because we're all in this life process together and there's nobody gets away without pain or grief <laughs> or tears. We just don't. So it's not a question of deserve. It's just life. And I'm going through a life happening right now. And I've gone through a lot of different emotional stages with it, pissed off, 
confused, all the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But I didn't deserve it. It's not about deserve. It's just life. And I hold on to that thought and try to be hold on to being who I am. What did you say? Fix the breakfast, feed the kids, of which I have yeah. none. But <laughs> do what needs to be done to feed the children. Yeah, do what it needs to be done and take the next divine right step, you know, and it will be over. There will be an end to it. I have a friend who's lost her lover many, many years ago. And people would say to her, well, you should be recovered by now. You shouldn't feel, what do you mean shouldn't? You feel what you feel. You feel what you feel. And somebody got over their grief in six months and then it's taken you six years. So what? Right. You know, so we'll just go on together and see what life unfolds as we go and check on your feelings as we go. But that's it. Yep. And on the one end of the extreme is the spiritual bypass where we try and skip over the grief part. Oh, well, there's going to be some grief. So I'm just going to disregard that. And I'm going to get back into what I would do if I weren't feeling all of the sadness. Mm -hmm. And then on the other end of it, it's hanging on to that and making that be what our life is. Oh, well, I had this traumatic experience that happened to me after 40 years in a relationship. And you know, now that my life is over. And when we claim that, then that can go on for a week or a month or a year or a decade or the rest of our lives. And at some point it's no longer serving. At some point it's worth moving through that valley and exploring the possibilities. Who am I without having that be my entire story? Oh, I had this and now I don't. Okay. Maybe the story is I had this and then I didn't. And now I have this. And maybe the new this is something that's delightful and exciting and uplifting. And maybe the new this is a wistfulness for things the way that they were. But it's not blocking off and saying nothing else is possible. And it takes different lengths of time for everybody. And just getting stuck there and saying, no, I'm going to just stay here for the rest of my life and leave me alone and denying the possibilities, that doesn't really work for us either. And the new good, I feel really strongly about this. The new good doesn't mean that the new good is better than the good you had. It's just different. It's another new. And you can still look at what you had as being new. I mean, as wonderful because it was. I mean, look, if you stayed with somebody 40 something years, well, I mean, let's assume there might have been something good about it. Now, I know I'm going to get some texts about why people stay with somebody, but let's take the high road here. <laughs> if you're with somebody for 40 years and you're mourning, let's say you're mourning their, the loss. It was good. Mm -hmm. And there will be another good, not necessarily better than the good you had, but good when you're in the moment, the good that you have is good. Yeah. And not a repeat and not even a comparison. Yeah. Just something different unfolding differently. Oh, and you know what? 40 years together, I bet it wasn't all Romeo and Juliet. There was probably some sort of discussion about something somewhere along the line and things were just burying your teeth and like, <laughs> and that's all real too that's the nature of being in relationship and being engaged with other people is working out who we are in relationship with them and being able to support ourselves and support the people we're in in partnership and involved with and allowing that to come about there's always a little bit of friction you know without a little bit of friction you know on the one hand friction seems unpleasant but if you've ever done any cabinet making or woodworking or any sort of machining there's the file and the sandpaper, and it's actually the friction of the sandpaper 
rubbing down the imperfections and making the smoothness come about, it's really important. You know, if you never noticed that it was friction, then good for you, but there was friction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as you were explaining that, I said, mm, okay, so what have I done in times of those moments of friction? And <laughs> sometimes I just say, I spirit, like, what is this? <laughs> okay. Show me. So I don't, I'm not interested in this. Show me what, how good I'm going to look afterwards. How smooth, <laughs> <laughs> you know, how smooth am I going to be after this? I'm looking ahead with, that gets me through. Hey, what can I tell you? You know, you do whatever works for you. Yeah. And the activities along the way, I'm sure for you look like swooping in. Yeah. There's something going on and Carol swoops in change something with the kids, adjust something with the school, do something with the board or the people or the whatever it happens to be. You have an immense ability to, as Ernest Holmes used to say, look a fact in the face and know something better and then stomp your foot and say, and that better is coming right now. <laughs> I was, you know what? You just described me a hundred percent because I always feel like we are just, we're so perfectly made. This is a whole nother show, I'm sure, but we're so perfectly made. And so whatever shows up, Listen, this is for my good. I don't like it. I can't see it. But listen, I'm going to come out of this better, smarter, cuter, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever, works for you, whatever works for you. So I'm not altogether a control freak to the bone like I thought, right? There are times when I say, look, spirit, what you got going here? Talk, <laughs> speak up, mm -hmm. show me something. Right? Yep. And on those occasions when you're willing to be quiet and listen to the answer, you'll get an answer, even if it's not the one that you wanted. Another broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take another break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to do a prayer. And the prayer is for being able to look a fact in the face and know something better. Get inspiration in an instant. God Calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God Call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at GodCall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and this conversation has been amazing. Yeah, about loss and grief and change and the valley of the shadow of death and moving through stuff and creating our next new experience. And we're going to pray about that. And the prayer is to 
be aware of where we are and who we are and the circumstances and the situations that are going on around us and not letting those define us. So in so many cases, we can say, this is what I'm seeing with my eyes. This is what I'm feeling in the world around me. That is the truth. That is the way things are. And that's the way things are going to be continuously. And there's something bigger going on because it is an infinitely creative universe. There is one creative power that creates everything that has created each of us. And we are using that power to create our lives and what's next. So we are free to close our eyes to the situations and the circumstances that are around us. It doesn't make them go away. It doesn't make all that stuff disappear, but we then get to open our inner eye. We then get to become aware of something bigger, something grander, something deeper, a new possibility. As we invite that infinite creative power that has created everything, that has created us, to create something new for and through and in and as us. We're able to look that fact in the face, whatever that circumstance or situation or experience is in right now. The activities and whatever has led up to this moment, we can look at that and understand it and examine it and own it and evaluate it. We can understand the way that our mind is able to triangulate and hypothesize that this has happened and that's happened and the other has happened and that means these things are going to happen in the future. And that's not true. The principle, that creative principle that creates everything is not bound by precedent. What happens next is not limited by what's happened before. There is a new possibility at hand right here and right now. And that's what we get to invite in. That newness, that freshness, that pivot, that transformation, that change, as we let go of our assumptions about the way things have been and what that means about the way things have to be, we open up to that newness. And that infinite creative power creates something new and wonderful. And in sometimes, in some cases, something completely unexpected. Delightful surprise, newness and freshness, goodness, in whatever way we describe it, is available now. It is at hand right now. I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the wonderful way that this principle is operating, that this creative power is supporting and uplifting everyone who is listening to this prayer. Good and more good and more good is unfolding for us and through us and as us. It is not limited by the facts that we've observed previously. All of the good that we're opening to is seeking us now. It's coming into our experience now. I'm so grateful for all of the good. I'm grateful for the willingness to turn away from circumstance and situation to understand that even if we've been walking through the valley of the shadow of death we're walking through it and at some point we get to the end of it and then there is goodness and love and harmony and uplift unfolding in ways that we may or may not even be able to describe right now and the good happens so with gratitude for all of this good i speak this word and i release it into that creative law that creates everything and i know without any doubt or hesitation or question whatsoever it's now creating this it's now creating this. And so I let it be. And so it is. Amen. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. 
Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at newthoughtphilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.